One day, Ruth's mother-in-law Naomi said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you, where you will be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. "'Who are you?' he asked. "'I am your servant, Ruth,' she said. "'Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family.' "'The Lord bless you, my daughter,' he replied. "'This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. "'You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. "'And now, my daughter, don't be afraid.' I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good, let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized, and he said, No one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, Bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. So the Bible tells us in the third chapter of Ruth that there's a lot of things about this, this particular chapter. And I spoke to the youth the other week. But I said it, it, it was really for everybody. Nobody's being left out. And today, I'm still talking to the youth, but I'm really talking to everybody. But I do want to say something about young women. And if, if you would, I want to drop down to the seventh verse. And I want to read that to you because the Bible says in the seventh month, uh, I'm sorry, verse 7, that Boaz, after he had ate or eaten and drunk, all his heart was cheer cheerful, and he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. I could talk about the past two weeks, but I just really feel led to go right here, right this minute. And I want to tell you about this young lady. And again, I'm talking to youth and I'm talking to young ladies, but this is for everybody. In a culture 
driven world. What do I mean by that? I mean among everybody, but this is, this is common among uh, young people especially, students, and even young adults. We so want to be a part of the culture that, that we will take our cues from the culture, what our best friend's doing, what our group's doing, what our team's doing, what our school's doing, what another family member's doing, or, or, or what we saw on social media. We'll do that, and we think that's the way in to somewhere that we want to be. And I want to tell you, Ruth was still a young lady that she could have went somewhere else and got married again because she was that young. But she was faithful to her mother-in-law and I want to say this to the group that I'm talking to today. You will never fit in to any culture that will be like the culture of the kingdom of Almighty God. I'm not saying that you won't have friends in this world. I do as a pastor. I have unsaved friends all over this county. I've got friends in business that I would do, I would stop and do anything in the middle of the night. I love them. I pray for them. I want them to be saved. I want, I want them to know the Jesus that I know. But I, I still want to be Jesus to them. So I have friends in this community that I think the world of. But the problem is, if I ever entertain, well, they're really, really popular or they have a lot of business the problem is when I let that friend or friendship influence me and I get into their culture because it seems like that's what's working. And I'm going to tell you what we're going to do for a minute. We're going to put ourselves, men, women, boys and girls, for a minute or two, we're going to put ourselves in the position of Ruth because I'm going to tell you today that Ruth certainly put herself in a position she didn't realize she was putting herself into. And she didn't try to put herself even in the same culture that her sister-in-law went back to. We don't know, but she probably, because of customs in that day, Orpah probably went and got married and had children. But Ruth didn't do that. So she did this. She served, first of all, you don't have a bullet on the screen. You just got this bullet, so listen. First of all, she went and she served. She took the attitude of serving her mother-in-law, of her dead husband. She served her mother-in-law. And let me tell you this, again, 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 Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. Jesus, look, we talk about, well, we let people with money influence us. Look, the man could turn water into wine, y'all. He could do anything. So he didn't let that get in the way of his mission, which was this. I came to serve and to give my life. So that's what he did. That's what Ruth did. Ruth, Ruth came and she served her mother-in-law. But then she submitted herself. She did what her mother-in-law told her to do. And this is where we're going. Her mother-in-law said, look, wash Take a bath, put your good smelly stuff on, put your best outfit on, and this is the way this needs to work because God's going to hook you up. She didn't use those words to her, but that's how it played out. She said, this is what you do. I know for a fact that he's going to lay down at the threshing floor when he gets through. 
And the custom was to show that you are available. Say that word with me, available. That means you're not preoccupied with the culture or a group or a clique or a certain thing right now. Nope, you are available. You are available. And that's what she said. She said, what you do, you go to him. He's a near relative of ours. And who knows? He could be the kinsman redeemer that we need. And that's the whole theme of this book, by the way, because it shows us a picture of Jesus, our kinsman redeemer. She said, so you go there, and when he lays down, you just peel up the, the, the cover at the end of his feet. You lay at his feet, and you cover yourself, and that lets him know that you are available to be his, his, his wife, and, and, and you are interested in having a family and, and, and being a part of his life and what he's doing. And so she did just that. And this is what God had me to say and just stay with today. And that's the part that you never ever will get anywhere in this life, even as a Christian. You won't get anywhere like you can get when you say, all I know to do is lay at the feet of Jesus and stay right there. And when you get up, from the feet of Jesus and you walk back into the world because they're doing it. Never do anything in this life because they're doing it. Everything you do in this life, you need to mimic Jesus Christ. Don't do it because your mama's doing it, your daddy's doing it, your friends do it. You saw somebody on TV that they're a country music or they're a rap artist, but they sang the national anthem and they sang Amazing Grace at some kind of hoopla on TV. You do everything as unto the Lord, like the Lord, and you you will be well-pleasing in his sight. Let God give you your cues, in other words. That's what she did. And when you lay at the feet of Jesus, you lay right there, all kinds of things can happen for you. But you know what we like? I know what I like. I like to know that I'm saved, and I don't like because it takes time to do this right here, you see. It takes time to do that. It takes time to let him know I'm available. Why, I can't be available if I'm over here. How in the world can you be available? Because you can't serve two masters. Y'all know that, amen? You can't serve two masters. But if you let the Lord know, look, I don't care about that mess. That stuff, that's just glitter that's being washed away every minute of my life. All I know is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. God, you're all I want. You're all I need. I'm completely available to you. And you just lay there until the Lord acknowledges you and say, well... I just needed to hear that. I just needed to see more than talk. I needed to see more than you just crutching on your tithe. I needed to see that. Nope, you've given me all of you. You're a Romans 12 kind of person. And I know that now. I see that. Oh, well, I'm ready to do something great in your life. It takes time to lay at the feet of Jesus because you've got to kill your flesh and you've got to say no to something that might look like it's all right. But you can't be available if you're trying to serve the world Serve yourself and squeeze Jesus' feet in every now and then. People all throughout the Bible got this. Let's go through it real quick. Matthew 15, 30. And a great multitude came unto him, having with them those who were lame, blind, dumb, and maimed, and many others. And this is what they did with all those people. They didn't say, here, Lord, can you do anything? Nope. They cast them down at, of all places, Jesus' feet. And he healed them, folks. 
Matthew 28 says this, And as they went to tell his disciples, Behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hell. And they came and held him by the what? They didn't shake his hand, you see. They didn't feel worthy to be up that high. They knew the glory was on the floor. On the floor. There's something to say about bowing and kneeling and laying before God, folks. And that's what they did. They got him by the feet and they worshipped him. Over in the 8th chapter of Luke, he said, Then they went out to see what was done, and they came to Jesus and found the man out of whom he had cast devils. And they found that man, and of all things, he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And over in the 41st verse, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come to his house. And then in the 10th chapter of Luke, and she had a sister talking about Martha. Martha had a sister called Mary, which also, check it out, sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And then over in John 11, when Mary was come to where Jesus was, she saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. And then the next chapter over, verse 3, then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Sooner or later, we've all got to learn that really, if you want to get somewhere in God, the best thing to do, I don't care if you're 14 or 18 or 9 or 70. David Jeremiah, 79. I don't care how old you are in this life. Listen, until you take your last breath, if you say, God, I'm like Opie. I feel like I've botched it and I've robbed a lot of people because I've been having my hands in all kind of things and doing CPR. That's what I feel like. But God, I'm not going to do that no more. I want the last 14 years of my life to be better and overshadow every mistake, every tear I've cried of milk that I've spilt. God, here I am. I'm laying down. I'm going to stand still and I'm just going to see. And when you acknowledge me, oh God, oh God, oh God, that's when I'll move. See, that takes time. You don't live in a time-conscious world now, do you? It's got to be quick. It's got to be quick. You know, I've preached about them drive-through people before. It's got to be quick. How do I do it, Opie? How do, I, how do I do that? Well, the Bible says in the fifth chapter of 1 Peter, says that if you will humble yourself, are y'all listening to me? I'm preaching to you something that is lacking in Christian TV, it's lacking in pulpits, it's lacking in churches all over America. It's called humility. That's not a, that's not a popular word. People have no time to be meek. People have no time to be humble. It's all about me. It's about you knowing me. It's about you wanting to be a part of me in my world. Am I telling the truth here? Yes, I am telling the truth. That's all we know. It's not about being humble. We've got to be cool. We've got to be liked. We've got to be shared. We've got to be quoted. We've got to be beautiful. We've got to be jockey. We've got to be all of this stuff. We've got to be loaded with money. We've got to have it all, you see. And we want the whole world to know it. That's not what humility looks like. 
And you know what? When you're that high, when you're that high, you ain't going to get near Jesus' feet. You won't even get close enough to shake his hand, let alone lay at his feet and pour precious tears and anointing all over his feet and, and say, God, I ain't moving. I don't care what I can do. I don't care what resources I have. I don't care what I know. I'm not moving until you uncover and say, okay, I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm not moving. I'm not walking in my own wisdom. I'm not walking to my own steps he's ordering my steps and the way I know how to get my steps ordered is to stay at his feet and when you stay at his feet you're going to hear his voice you're going to know what he wants you're going to know his heart and you're going to know his passion and you ain't going to get that no other way church you're not going to get it it takes time and it takes you and you've got to be humble he said uh, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and you know what he'll do? In due time, he will lift you up. He will exalt you. By the way, he doesn't leave you out. If you're going to take yourself down and you're going to lay down, he says, by the way, you can still cast your care on me because I care for you. And I'm telling everybody that's hearing me today, in the place or online, today is the day. If, you, if you've not practiced humility, how do you do that? Well, I've done told you, folks. You do what Jesus did. You take on the heart of a servant. You can serve here this week, but you can serve people in this community. You can serve people beside you. You can tell somebody about Jesus. I got a new one. While you can do this, how about let's invite somebody to church right quick, huh? Let's do that. Somebody that's going to spend all of eternity in hell, and all it would take was just one little prayer, one little invite and say, look, uh, you know, Come to church with me. It'll do you good. You might not like this or that, but just come look. You don't have to do anything. Listen, folks, we are on borrowed time, and we've got to redeem the time. We've got to understand the day we're living in, and you can't do that. If everybody wants to be a rock star, a TV preacher, and you want to be popular, you want to be glamorous, I'm telling you what I was going to tell you in the 14th verse of this book right here of this chapter and I'm all over the place and I'm going to finish she was noted in this chapter as a virtuous woman now that's to the ladies when I say woman of course but I want you to know this everybody in here you can have virtues that the world seems to be foreign to you can have them but you've got to make your mind up if you haven't learned anything in the past year and a half, you've got to get to a place. And you know what? I thought I knew what it meant to stand alone before March of last year. But when I'm talking, and I'm not just talking about the pandemic, I'm talking about my relationship with Jesus. You've got to get to a place where you say, I don't care if anybody likes me. I don't care if anybody agrees with me. I don't care if anybody understands what I'm saying. I am ready to die for Jesus Christ. I'm ready to give my life. 
What if it costs you your house? I've done covered that with you. I've got tents and I've got friends with yards. Listen to me. I'll do what I have to do, but I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to lay down and I'm not going to blend in. I'm not going to cave to the culture and I'm not going to get so fixated on trying to get on TV and be a TV preacher. I'm going to stay at the man's feet. He's the only one that can elevate me. He's the only one that can give me the kingdom. I'm staying at his feet and then when I'm at his feet then God will do great and mighty things but you got to live a virtuous life see if you're not if you're not busy being humble how can how can I avoid that I feel like I need to say something about that for a minute you don't need to brag you don't need to brag work on the applause of Jesus Christ you're not going to hear that one remember you are storing up treasures in heaven folks that's what you are doing right now. You either are or you're not. And I thank God for people that come to church. But I don't know how much accumulation happens when you come to church. I'm not saying that bad or I'm not saying it good. But I don't want you to be confused because you say you are a Christian. That's it. That's your only obligation is to get saved. No, your obligation to get saved, when you get saved, that qualifies what you do for the rest of your life to matter in heaven. And you're not going to want to do that if you don't lay at the feet of Jesus. It's back to being desperate again is what I'm telling you. It's back to not caring. It's back to letting your phone die. My phone died yesterday and that was a great thing. Even when I, when I put the cord in it, you know, the battery turns red. Won't it even with the cord? The battery's got to get a little bit more life for it to even let you call. I didn't worry about if somebody tried to get a hold of me. I didn't worry about if I needed to get a hold of somebody because I just knew for at least about three to seven minutes I was going to have absolutely uninterrupted time with God. I wasn't even going to get a notification I was going to get the lay at the feet of Jesus. Now, I was driving my truck, but I know one thing. My mind wasn't on anything else. My mind wasn't on fixing up the property or asking you to help or pray or give money or the service today. My mind was on me and Jesus, and I didn't have to worry about anybody bothering me. I could just drive my truck until that phone decided to come on if I wanted it to. I could just drive my truck and talk to the Lord and listen to what he said by me laying at his feet. Church, you are missing out on a whole life of divine living. God giving you abundant life just by not taking the time to lay at the man's feet. I'm going to finish. I really am going to finish. I know that I, I blew it a while ago with the time before I preached with the whole little offering thing and all that and the crying. I, I know that I milked it, didn't I? I know you think I milked it. But I feel a whole lot better by being obedient. I, 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 I just do. I love this verse 17 because in verse 17, when you saw her when she was trying to leave. What did, what did Boaz do? He, whoa, 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 whoa. That's your mother-in-law? Her husband was a part of my family. I cannot send you away empty-handed. Hallelujah. When you take time to lay at the feet of Jesus Christ, it looks the same way. He ain't going to let you go empty-handed. You might not have the answer you want. 
your son may not be delivered from some kind of addiction or your daughter may not might not be delivered that bill may not be paid yet and that door may not be open but I'm telling you when you take the time to lay at the feet of Jesus he has the ability on the spot to give you peace that passes all understanding and my friend that's been good enough for me many many times because I don't need the answer I don't need the door I don't need the testimony I've got the peace of God that passes understanding and my God has never left me empty handed when I've taken the time to lay at his feet never left me empty handed and I love the fact I just love it the way Naomi kind of closed that chapter out for us I love it she just said listen hallelujah she said that man I know him I know that man, he's not going to rest. He's not going to stop until the matter is solved. And I'm telling you, I serve a mighty God that is not going to stop. He's not going to quit. If his eye is on the sparrow, his eye is on you. And he's not going to stop until the matter is settled, until it's all taken care of. And he's taken what was wrong and makes it right. He's not going to stop. God's not through, so me and you don't need to clock out and give up. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on the feet of Jesus. They still got two nails in there. That's your proof. I can hold these feet because they were pierced on my behalf. And I know those feet didn't stay on the cross. They walked out of a grave with victory. And so I'm going to hold them feet because he's walking in victory with me right now. Hallelujah. I want you to stand. And I know God wonders how many of us is going to hear this message today and read this scripture and leave available or leave unavailable. And I can preach this message, but I want to tell everybody something. I can preach the message. But because I stand behind this pulpit and I preach does not mean it doesn't mean at all that I am available. It just means I came to you with a message and I preached and said, Lord, I want to be available. But before we do anything, before we sing, before we come to the altar, before I even pray, I want to ask everybody something. I want to ask you, Are you willing to get at his feet? Because you might have to cut your cell phone off. Do you hear me? I know, I know musicians are getting placed, but I need y'all to listen to me. Listen. Are you willing for your phone to die? I'm going to say something else. I didn't call Zoe's name, so I'm about to throw Roxy and Jenna in there too. I know Jenna's not going to get me in trouble because her mama works at the church. Roxy can't get me in trouble because she's blood. And this is good. But I don't, yesterday, I was, I told Roxy something that she knows what I told her that the Lord had me to tell her. It's about ministry. It's about right now. It's about her age. 
And I told her, I said, if you don't do what God has gifted you to do, if you, if, 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 if you, don't, if you don't become available for this, See, we're not just painting a building, y'all. I'm serious. Nicky and Eric, they're serious. We're, we're serious about this. I said, if you don't do it, God, God will move it somewhere else. And then before the pandemic, one Wednesday night, I remember like I'm standing on this stage. The Lord just spoke to me, and I walked over there. I didn't know anything going on in Jenna's life. And I said, Jenna, God's raised you up to be a leader. We were sitting there on the stage. I just said, God's raised you up to be a leader. I don't know when and what that means. I said, but God's, you're a leader. And it's not just for those two ladies. But I want everybody to hear this. The feet of Jesus, letting him know, it's not lip service, folks. It's letting him know, Lord, I, I don't care. It might cost me my job, but I'd rather be available to you and be unemployed than to be employed but not get what you have from me. Because he's a provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. So this song that I ask all of us to try to work through this morning just says, I'm available. You can have it all. You, you can have it all. You can sing it, but this is what the Lord will hear. Lord, I want you. I don't need another sign. I don't need you to spare me from another car wreck. I don't need you to heal me of cancer again. I don't need you to bring me out of the gutter again. Here I am. I'm available, Lord. I might have lost a husband, a son, a daughter, a grandma, a grandpa, a dog, a close friend, a job, a house. I might have lost it, but Lord, I'm available now. You can have it all. This is what's left, but it's all yours. Oh, see that up, He's worthy. We sang it, He's worthy. Now, I put it out there before you, and I'm just going to ask you on behalf of Him today, is anybody at all willing to go spend the rest of your life at the feet of Jesus and be available. If you come to him, he said, I believe in John 6, he will in no wise cast you out. Anybody, of anybody, you, here it is. Whatever it means, here it is. There's a plenty of room up here. And this next part is between you and God. It's between you, they'll, they'll sing this little chorus, you can sing with them. But this is your prayer to God. If you are a sinner, all you got to do is say, Jesus, I'm grabbing your feet, I need to be saved. Forgive me of my sins. you come to Jesus right now, he won't cast you out. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've got to be saved. I've got to be saved. I'm available, Lord, for not only salvation, 
I'm available for you to use what's left of my life.
pray one prayer. I just feel led for us to pray for every, every young person. Because everything that we're doing, the enemy's going to try to fight. He's going to try to fight them. I want to pray for everybody that Brother Brent, the whole I Am ministry, their families, families like theirs, who knows the power of God just setting the captive free. But I need you to pray together, two or more, when we agree. So will you do that? You can raise your hand, close your eyes. I just want to pray, Father God, we pray over the students, the young people, Lord, the children. We pray over homes they represent. It's not your will that they grow up and not have any kind of strong foundation, Lord. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that this week what takes place Thursday night, God, you would anoint that, Lord, that time of fellowship and devotion. I pray what takes place on the other property this week you would bless, Lord. I pray, God, over I Am Ministry. I pray, God, for Brent and his wife. I pray, Lord, for these gentlemen and their families and all the other families that are affected in this same kind of way. You are the God, hallelujah, that delivers, Lord. And I know, Lord, you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly of everything we could hope or ask. So I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, right now, that mighty revival, a hunger for your feet, Jesus. God, help there to be a hunger for your feet and nothing nothing less, Lord, nothing else. God, we give you praise for every soul today. God, everything that took place, we thank you for your word most of all, Lord, because that seed to help us grow, Lord. And I pray this week you'd let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight.